Hey you, thanks for tuning in. Happy to have my voice gracing your ear holes. My name is Romina and I've got a question for you. When was the last time you hung out with yourself? Just yourself. Without the TV? Without the phone? Without the comfort of those endless distractions that keep you from having to like face the awkwardness of hanging out with yourself? When was the last time you felt upset and you didn't stumble over yourself, like rushing to find a way to numb out that feeling? Really though, when was the last time you let yourself be uncomfortable? Some of you are probably rolling your eyes super hard at me right now. And you know what? That's okay. I get it. But if you're listening, it's maybe because I've intrigued you. Maybe because the the hype that I amateurly tried to stir up worked and got you here. Or maybe you have been intrigued by my wellness persona that I have been curating um, in my social media. Whatever it is, I just want to thank you for believing in this vision of wellness enough to take a listen and find out more. This is Romina. Welcome to the very first episode of my very first podcast, Going Mental. What is going mental? What does it have to do with wellness? Why do I keep saying wellness like that? The purpose of this introductory episode is to answer these and whatever other questions to the extent that it will hopefully resonate with those of you who need to hear it the most. So let's start off with some historical blips that provide context into how I got to where I am now in your ear holes. May 31st, 2001. My mother, my father, my brother, and I pack up the life that we have built in Thessaloniki, Greece, and we move it all to the United States of America, the land of dreams and hope. Boston, to be specific. I am seven, and honestly, I am really fucking heartbroken to have left behind my heart and soul, my cat, Anila. It takes me as long as it does to learn English to keep from crying every time I think about her. Anyway, so despite the fact that my family spent 11 years in Greece um, being categorized as illegal immigrants, Moving to the U.S., having to re-assume um, that title as immigrant, while also throwing this third culture into the mix, into the family dynamic, you guys, I'm telling you, it is definitely worth writing a memoir about, and maybe one day I will, so stay tuned for that. Flash forward to August 2003 and March 2005. The Burberry family welcomes two new family members, the first Americans in our pack, my sisters. I transition out of my role as the little show-stopping diva of the family and assume this big sister slash part-time mother role that 
really challenges me and completely reframes the way that I approach the world. Naturally, as you could assume for an immigrant family, my parents really struggled to plant roots to obtain financial security for their newly supersized family. Um, And they have a hard time adjusting to the new cultural norms of the U.S. and specifically Boston. It is at this point that I become painfully aware of my status in this country as both a low-class citizen and an immigrant. So I guess technically I wasn't a citizen. I feel so ashamed when I finally realize that the holiday toys um, that are given to us by these nonprofit organizations every Christmas are actually part of the Globe Santa toy drives that are hosted at my school every year. The food stamps, at least, was fun. I don't regret that. Sometime in 2007, I am so deep into my space, literally coding my profile layouts and my background like a little programmer. Home life is hard as hell, but what I'm noticing is that my friends are also struggling. The emo scene has taken off like you wouldn't believe, and I'm sure you all remember just how dark everything gets in the eighth grade. So obviously I do the only natural thing and I create a second MySpace account, this time geared toward helping people out, Um, hoping to engage with people who are looking for some sort of informal guidance and therapy and counseling. Now, I'll be damned if I can remember what that account was called or how long I was on it for, but I can say for sure that I had at least three clients and they all, I don't know, maybe they would tell you something different, but I feel like they got a lot of relief from the paragraphs upon paragraphs that we exchanged when they were in their crisis mode. And I feel like that little episode totally just sums up how Romina approaches life. Now on to June 2012. I graduate from the Boston Latin School, Boston's most elite and selective public school with a college preparatory curriculum where we learned Latin, blah, 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 blah. I graduate with a prospect of attending Boston University's School of Management in the fall, and it is such an accomplishment because I am the third person in my family to graduate from high school. I spend that summer making a delicious $18 an hour as an intern at one of Boston's most celebrated financial services firms. Let me tell you, it is meaningless, it is dumb, and it is soul-draining, but everyone, especially the adults that I look up to, acts super impressed when I tell them about it, so I pat myself on the back and assume that I'm on the right track. August 2015. I am accepted into another elite thing at this same company. They tell me that I was chosen out of a candidate pool of 5,000. I do the math and I'm so impressed with myself. So again, I pat myself on the back and believe I'm on the right track. I mean, listen, I am heading into my senior year of college with a well-paying, esteemed job waiting for me on the other side, while the rest of my peers are panicking, 
trying to find something in time for graduation. So to everyone but myself, it seems like I have it all. But all I feel is guilt. In May of 2016, I graduate from BU's Coestrum School of Business, and I just feel entirely unfulfilled, unproud, whatever. It's major because I am, again, the third person to get a bachelor's degree in my family, and that's such a huge achievement, but you guys, I spent at least three quarters of my time in undergrad hating what I was studying, hating my environment, and resenting my classmates. I mean, listen to this. Among all of the different um, specialized schools of studies at BU, Questrom called itself the School of Sex Money Drugs. Can you see now? Can you see why I dreaded every minute of my time in undergrad? That, that's, that was the sentiment. Anyways, on to February 2018. My time in this elite program is complete. I have quit my job. I have collected enough in savings to move my entire life forward to New York. And for that, I can say thank you, corporate America. I cross my fingers and I pray that this will be the time that I find myself somewhere that is fulfilling. Somewhere that feels right. Somewhere where I feel like I belong. And of course, life is like, wow, you're so hopeful and naive. That's really cute. Fuck that. March offers nothing in terms of job prospects, partly because none of the jobs I apply to accept me, but also partly because I have no fucking clue where to apply and what to do because I just hated business and finance that much. On to April, I sink into the worst depression of my life. By May, I have become a complete astrology whiz and have even begun to dabble in tarot. But in terms of job prospects, zilch. In June, I accept a job offer in sales at a tech startup, which again, sounds so fancy and impressive to everyone I tell, but we know I'm not going to love it. And of course, (laughs) it was crazy. I'm going to have a podcast episode all on its own about toxic work environments and the absolute bullshittery of tech startups. I am so over that industry. December 2018. My boss puts an impromptu invite on my calendar. I walk in to see the CEO sitting there as well. I'm fired. I'm telling you guys, just wait for this episode. Flash forward to now. It is summer 2K19. I'm almost 26, living with my boyfriend in Brooklyn. I'm working as a receptionist at an ultra-trendy nail salon slash spa slash cafe, struggling to survive on minimum wage and trying to figure out how the hell I got here and why I feel inferior to the entire rest of the world. Well, I kind of already did that. It's just that... It's been a miserable past two years, y'all. I've been through some very dark, very relentless episodes of hopelessness, of meaninglessness, of worthlessness. 
It was just so fundamentally confusing to my sense of identity to go through my entire youth, those very formative years, being ushered down paths that everyone said were so right and so good, but never felt right for me. So much so that I became stuck in in this depressive state, in a fearful murky, uncertain standstill in my growth where I didn't feel confident enough in my knowledge of myself to make any decisions about where to take my career, who to reach out to, what to do with myself. Turns out, When you're reduced to a place that feels a lot like rock bottom, there is nothing to do. You can't crawl out of that, except for face the worst parts of your life and yourself. This, this rock bottom hellhole is where all your insecurities, your thoughts, your your self-deprecating notions, your self-sabotage and your fears that you're a failure all live and thrive. There is no promise of relief here. There is no promise of improvement, of escape, of consolation. It's just a cold, hard, dingy place where you're crouching on the ground and adulthood is smashing its axe through your door of innocence and naivety, screaming, wake up, bitch. It's time to deal with your shit. So I did just that. I'm handling my shit. Listen, y'all, I've got my federal health insurance on and popping. My medical bills are on a payment plan. And, you know, while my career trajectory is still a massive question mark, I have finally worked up the courage to say a big, fat, resounding no to opportunities that might seem cushy and promising but don't feel right for me. And you know what? Summoning the courage to figure out how to do right by me has been the most radical accomplishment of my life. Because of the fact that I was down there, hanging out in rock bottom, chewing on my nails, wondering why I'm such a failure, wondering why I can't move life with as much confidence and certainty as the rest of my peers who are on this, you know, very clear-cut hierarchical path in their corporate jobs, it made me finally come to terms with who I am and it gave me the bravery to start making things happen for myself despite the fact that there didn't feel like there was anyone around who could give me answers on how to navigate this uncertain, less often tread path. And that brings us to why we're here. Because through even these despairing, isolated times, I still managed to consistently be a beacon of insight and emotional resolution to my friends and my cohorts. I don't know how I feel about the term empath and whether I believe in it. But as far as I know, it is the closest concept or term that describes my experience when I'm around people. So I have this theory that 
we all carry an energy with us. And this energy is majorly influenced by the feelings that we carry with us, whether they be like the immediate surface level ones or the underlying ones that really kind of like percolate. And they manifest in the subtlest, most imperceptible ways, which is why people call it energy or aura. It's something that is hard to witness and put a finger on. But you guys know that I'm a Virgo. And on top of being a Virgo, I am a very anxiety-ridden Virgo. And what that means is that nothing escapes me. I witness the facial expressions. I witness the gestures. I witness the vocal inflections. And I witness your word choices. And I internalize them as if they were my own. Now take this sort of empathy... Pair it with my obsession with the scientific method and you've got yourself an uncertified wellness guru slash psychotherapist slash anthropologist slash philosopher, whatever the fuck, with the gnawing urge to bring the world some fucking relief. And boy, do we need it. In my conversations, in news articles and think pieces, In the contents of your posts on social media, it is blaringly clear that our society is dealing with these unprecedented neuroses that are honestly spiraling out of control. I see you guys. I see how manic and depressive and terrified you are. And I want to address all of the issues that bring you into this frazzled emotional state. I want to put the Instagram complex, global warming, U.S. politics, worldwide crimes against humanity, relationship problems, toxic friendships, and everything else that keeps you up at night all in the limelight and under the microscope. I want to dissect it and I want to bring about some clarity for us all. As much as I love living in the U.S., there appears to be this sort of like mainstream shunning of topics that make people uncomfortable. Well, guess what, bitch? This podcast is going to be your taboo heaven. We're going to tackle all the controversial subjects. We're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to put our feet in our mouth and it's going to be okay. I don't intend for it to be dark and grave and punishing, and it won't be, because the objective is to get us all to come to terms with the harsh realities of life and then learn to cope with them so that we can thrive as well-informed, emotionally equipped, oh my god, accountable citizens of the world. And this is why I have such an iffy relationship with the term wellness. I'm sure you all have noticed that on Instagram, social media, and everything under the sun, capitalism has just taken wellness hostage and made it into this massive self-care empire full of sheet masks for your face and fucking... IV drips and and oxygen therapy and nail salons and guess what bitch 
it is not going to resolve your childhood trauma. And as long as that goes unaddressed, there is no amount of Korean sheet masks that can fix your life, baby. But I need your help, you guys. I need your help getting the idea of wellness and well-being out of the throes of consumerism and into something meaningful. These episodes and blog posts are not going to be just my voice shooting little reality darts into your ear holes all the time. I actually want to have conversations with you all. I want to invite all of my friends who have something that they're passionate about, who have some sort of a a story or a trauma that they would like to share and process in real time with me to come and have a chat. Let's tackle uncomfortable subjects and see if maybe they can bring us some relief. So I welcome your collab requests. I welcome your idea pitches. I welcome your criticisms. And because my love language is words of affirmation, I really welcome your compliments and your encouragement. Let's create a little nook in the internet where we can try to understand ourselves and we can try to understand the world a little better and we can try to put some of our anxieties to rest and most importantly, we can try to empower ourselves to feel just a little lighter as we navigate our day-to-day. That is going mental. It is summoning the courage and the discipline to face the demons in our mind that make us reach for that joint, that glass of wine, that crazy, reckless Saturday night out, that gym workout that leaves you sore for like the next month and a half. I want to be able to put those demons at ease, let them relax a little bit and maybe turn into little angels in our heads that help us feel better. I don't know. Maybe it's a naive thought. Maybe I'm being too fruity floral. Maybe this is too feminized of a concept for for some of you to be able to digest. And for that, I'm sorry. But for those of you who are feeling just a little bit nauseated at the proposals I'm making, I challenge you to reach out to me and let's talk about it. That's all, folks. Thank you From the bottom of my heart for listening to my very first podcast episode, I cannot wait to hear your suggestions Um, for the next few episodes. Please, if you do not like listening to my voice, take a read um, at my blog post. They're basically the same thing, almost word for word transcriptions. Uh, And let's interact on social media as well. Find me at at going mental. I love you all. I hope you have a merry, bright, and light day, and I'll see you soon. I dig along.